2: I'm your host, Dennis Nappy II. This is the show that challenges reality, questions at which we've been taught in hopes of inspiring a new direction of thought to bring about change, making the paranormal feel quite normal, and the supernatural quite natural. I'll tell you, the paranormal and the supernatural seem to be becoming more and more part of our everyday life as it continues to proliferate the mainstream media. I'm going to break down the Luis Elizondo interview with Tucker Carlson of Tucker Carlson tonight on Fox News talking about the acknowledgement of the third UFO video that's been released through the To the Stars Academy from the United States military, and the claim that the Pentagon seems to have absolutely no interest in this going on. You know, I'm calling false on that one. I just can't buy that because there have been too many, too many, quote, whistleblowers or insiders who have come out over the past, uh, I'd say, five decades, five-plus decades with insider knowledge. So either Luis Elizondo is... Is uh, lying to all of us or he's been sorely misinformed or this some kind of crazy deception op going on. I think it's a combination of the three. I don't know that the guy's necessarily lying to us, uh, but I don't think he has the whole picture. So I'm going to break that down a little bit with some evidence that I have as well that I've compiled to talk about. Just showing how far back this stuff goes and how we have been aware of it. So... um They're planning something. I don't know what it is yet, my friends, but I'm going to try to put it together and hopefully we can figure this out before it's too late. And that's not a fear-based statement. We just need to figure this out. All right, where to begin? Some things in the news. You know, I came across an article... Humans bred with this mysterious species more than once, a new study shows, and this is from the Washington Post. And I'm sharing this article because a friend of mine tagged me in. It's been floating around for a while. If you're Rh negative blood, you may be an alien. Have you seen this article? Um, Really interesting article, but it's saying that they can't account for where this Rh negative is coming from in people. And, uh, you know, my take on that is, uh, and I'm not an expert on this or blood or anything like that, but why do we automatically assume that it's alien now I'm not saying it's not alien because i you know i'm, I'm a believer that that's a strong possibility that we've been visited and all that stuff but just like the two the stars and the disclosure stuff why is that the automatic assumption how come nobody's stopping and saying hey there was an old civilization here and nobody knows what happened to it Maybe they survived. Maybe they went underground, which explains the underground caverns. Maybe that's what explains in the ancient myths when the the person came down and, and granted knowledge of the plow and of farming and agriculture and society and all that stuff and laws. Maybe that's where they came from. Maybe they're not alien. Maybe they're just the last culture that was here that maybe has its lineage and alien species as well. That's hardly possible, but... We don't think about that. We don't hear that. And I want to push that out there as well. And I'm not discounting or discrediting the alien possibility. I, I promise you I'm not. I just want us to make sure we're keeping an open mind in that aspect uh, because we don't know. Our past may involve alien contact. It may involve a higher advanced species as well. It could be a combination. It could be none of those. It could be both of those. I I don't know at this point, but I know that there's evidence that there was some high society that was here in the past. So there's an interesting article in the Washington Post, and it talks about how basically Homo sapiens, as we know us today, uh, regularly bred with Neanderthals. Um, And and there's several different human-like species that were on the planet that are known, nothing alien, uh, that were interbreeding, Uh, one being the Denisovians. And what this article states is that there's another there's links or evidence of DNA, and they don't know where it came from. Well, again, maybe that's that lost race. I don't know why it's missing, but Lemuria, Mu, Atlantis, maybe it's Oceana, maybe it's coming from there. I don't know, but it's an interesting article. It's in the Washington Post. It doesn't scream aliens at you, but then again, maybe it is. You know, if if there was an intervention that happened, if some Species or race came down from above and altered our DNA somehow. Mix it with theirs, as it says in, in uh, various religious texts. You know, the the was it the sons of God came unto the daughters of men. So uh, maybe that's evidence of that right there as well. I don't know, but check that out. You can find more of the uh, you know the scientific language and, and wording uh, in this Washington Post article. I'll have that linked in the show notes at Service of Change and at Six Sense Media net and if you have not done so I, I have to say it again please get the sixsensemedia uh, and, and check out the content I, I mean I have to say it's a, it's a real it's a real website now the the content the quality of the content the amount of the content that that Ray's putting up there and you know I've been putting not as much as I'd like but I've been getting some videos up there and, and uh, number one it makes you think number two we, we really you know I'm proud of this. I'm proud of what, what Ray has put together at SixSenseMedia.net. I'm proud to be a part of it. You know, you can access the secret podcast there. Uh, just some great stuff is up there. A lot of the things that I'm going through pulling for the show, I then go check out net, and lo and behold, we already have articles up there on it. Um, you know, and it's not all just news based, it's not all just politics based. Some of it's affirmation based, uh, spiritual based, it's empowering motivating, you know, because again, the theme is bettering ourselves, bettering each other, bettering the world. Um, and I'm just so thankful to be a part of this and I hope that you're checking it regularly. And, and again, we don't have the newsletter system set up yet, but please click on the newsletter tab and sign up for that newsletter. Please give, let us have your email address because if things keep going the way they're going with Facebook and, and with Instagram and and, and Twitter, you just never know how they're going to change the algorithms, and you might miss some of our content if that's how you're. That's what you're relying on to get it. So ultimately, we'd like to put together something where we can deliver the content directly to you. But also, don't forget to check it out sixcentsmedia.net, uh for all that wonderful, wonderful content that's out there. Uh, so, okay, next story. I'm going to pull some stuff from Six Sense Media uh, as well. But let's go to the next story here. And and this ties into kind of what I want to talk about a little bit tonight. This is from Yahoo News. You can get it anywhere. Uh, Trump pushes for a new space force. President Donald Trump said Tuesday he wants the U.S. military to create a new space force, adding to the Pentagon's current ground, Navy, and Air Forces. Trump told troops at the Miramar Marine Corps Air Station near San Diego that the new group would be able to encapsulate the tremendous amount of work the military and government are doing in space-related defense. A new national strategy for space recognizes that space is a war-fighting domain, just like the land, air, and sea, Trump said. So now space is a warfighting domain. This is scary. They, uh, why? Well I mean, the reason being is because well, the Russians and the Chinese are doing it, right, so we need to catch up, and that's what you know the rest of the article talks about here. What are we doing? Do we have to militarize everything now we got to create a space force i mean this is this is a scary future that we're seeing here, my friends. why is it why can't it be for exploration? All right, here we go. Trump says we may even have a space force. We have an Air Force, we have the Space Force, we have the Army, we have the Navy. Maybe we'll have to do that. That could happen, he said. That's my best Trump impression there. Since taking office, Trump has frequently touted his support for the U.S. military and plagued high-ranking generals in top White House and Cabinet posts. Uh, the article goes on and talks about um, you know, the, the Secretary of Defense, Jim Mattis. He's against it right now. He says he's trying to basically manage the budget and cut overhead spending, so he doesn't want a Space Force yet. But there are people that are in within Congress that say, hey, they want this to happen. I'm reminded, I'm going back now. When I first started tracking the WikiLeaks and the UFO disclosure with Tom DeLonge, uh, Edgar Mitchell was pushing for, um, again, he was against the weaponization of space. Now, if you go back, this is going back whew, probably close to a year, if not longer now, what was revealed in WikiLeaks. Edgar Mitchell was reaching out to John Podesta, and he was. He was uh, trying to give him information to push the disclosure agenda. It looked like the plan was before Trump stepped in and, and you know ran his disruption, um, that Clinton was going to win the election. And John Podesta, you know being one of her advisors, was then going to push the disclosure agenda that Clinton seemed to have been on board with. Now Edgar Mitchell, former Apollo astronaut, he was in contact. He was trying to arrange a meeting with Podesta. and that's what the emails going back and forth indicated. Um, that meeting doesn't seem to have taken place before Edgar Mitchell had passed away. But one of the things Edgar Mitchell claimed was that he was in communication with extraterrestrials. Again, not some looney tune. This is an Apollo astronaut said he was in communication with extraterrestrials. And one of the things these extraterrestrials were adamant about was that we do not weaponize space. That was his stance, which was he was trying to push on Podesta and on Clinton. Now, just a side note, Podesta also had strong ties with Tom DeLonge and the two the Stars Academy. Now, DeLonge was, you know, in the emails between DeLonge and Podesta... DeLong was saying that through his books and through his projects, he was going to make the youth love John Podesta, and he was going to try to make you know, them get involved and, and really appreciate everything that Podesta was doing, which really concerned me because what, what DeLong was talking about was the manipulation of youth to, to appreciate this guy, um, you know, trying to skew their mindsets to get on board with this guy. Now, I don't know Podesta's stance on the weaponization of space. I know that Dr. Greer in the Unacknowledged Movement with what he's working on, they are saying that the aliens that are out there uh, are peaceful. He says all ETs are peaceful. And the threat comes from a faction within the United States government. This sounds wild, right? But it's, it's, it's out there, and it's out there in mainstream sources now. You can watch Unacknowledged on, um, on Netflix, and what Dr. Greer talks about on Unacknowledged is that there's a ton of money that gets invested in what he calls uh, unacknowledged special access programs, the black budget, and that's where they have all of these, um, you know, ET technology that now, basically, humanity, the, this secret government is is running. I know this sounds put your tinfoil hats on, right? But you have to pay attention to what he's saying, especially now that we have an acknowledgement in the mainstream, and this is this is where I want to get into with this show. Is you know what Dr. Greer? One of the things Dr. Greer is claiming is that the abductions, the abductions that are taking place, are actually the military that's doing this, or this secret black government that's doing these abductions to stage uh, and make it look like these aliens are a hostile threat. That may be true. You have people that have talked about the MyLabs. You've had people that have talked about, you know, during their abduction experience, they see military personnel as if they're working in conjunction with these aliens and these and these creatures and these beings. Now, I'm all over the place again, but more and more accounts. now. Now that I have a different hat on, I have a different perspective based on the research I've been doing over the years, when I hear descriptions of the greys, I remember, you know, being younger, reading about the greys, and, and what was common is that they seemed to have a hive mind mentality. And that didn't make much sense to me. Why would anybody want a hive mind mentality where we're all, you know, controlled and, and you know, by the hive, by the queen bee? Well, what makes sense now, as we're talking about our own AI getting ready to come online to the singularity and uploading everything to the cloud and then disseminating it out to all the little droids that are out there, well, that makes sense when you think about the greys now, if the greys are these androids. As Corso talked about in his book, um, you know, The Day After Raz, I keep coming back to that because it's so relevant. He talked about, he highly suspects that these these aliens that were recovered based on the, the scientific analysis that was done on them, based and. Corso's conclusions. One of his possible conclusions was that these beings are possibly engineered for space travel. There's some kind of robot that was engineered for space travel, so that would account for the hive mentality. Now, what if we've developed our own androids, and that's what they are? Is that and we have the ability to control them as robots to go out autonomously and you know do these abductions? It really makes you think. I swear. With all this information I have at my fingertips, I I see the connections, I see how everything's related, I know the stories now. I have never felt more I want to say unsure, you know, at least in a long time. You know, you stand in this position where it's like, oh, I know this, I know that, I understand what's going on. I honestly don't have a clue what to believe anymore. And I think that's what I want to put out there for all of you is just don't accept any story that you hear just because somebody has some great credentials. Because here's the thing. A lot of whistleblowers have been coming out of the military for quite some time from the government. How do we, number one, why aren't they being prosecuted? That's the first one. Number two, how do we know that this isn't some form of an operation? That they're not just coming out because they're told to, because the way intelligence works, the way counterintelligence works, you have things called deception and denial. You give people a little bit of the truth, but then you mislead them down a false trail. I want you to look in this direction because I'm doing something on, in the other direction. So the right hand doesn't see what the left hand is doing. So with all of these witnesses coming out, even with Stephen Greer's work, the Unacknowledged Disclosure Project, and you've all these officials that are releasing information... Well, we need to stop and think and and, and wonder. Well, maybe that's intentional. Maybe, uh, maybe there's not these two factions as as Corey Good, uh, you know, and uh, David Wilcock put out within the government that you know the cabal and the alliance. Or or maybe there is, but behind them is this grand orchestrator who wants these competing things to be releasing conflicting information. Number one, to keep us confused. Number two, to keep us distracted. You know, so I say let's look in a different direction. It's important to understand what they're telling us because I think there's some truth in these these things that are coming out there. But we also need to keep our minds and our eyes open as to what else is happening behind the scenes. And there's so much, my friends, there's so much I can't possibly get into all of it in, uh, in one episode of The Secret Podcast. Um, let me stay on the space uh, war right now. I don't want to call it a space war, the... Militarization of space. The Sun has an article that says Vlad's new land grab. Vladimir Putin announces mission to Mars next year, followed by man trips in bid to colonize the red planet. President Putin vowed also to make deep explorations into space in which astronauts would tour polar regions of the moon. Russia will launch a mission to Mars as early as next year, Vladimir Putin has announced. The ambitious unmanned craft will be just the first with other manned missions to, soon, to follow soon after a bid to colonize the red planet. I'll have this linked in the show notes, uh, both in serviceofchange.com and at successmedia.net. We need to think about this for a minute. Why all of a sudden? We stopped going to space after the Apollo missions. We stopped and nobody knows why. And now all of a sudden, we're saying, hey, let's get out there. Let's go to space. Now I'm going to put on my double layer tinfoil hat here. I don't know how I feel about the story of the fake moon landing. The the jury's out for me on that one. And this is the problem with too much information is you look at one documentary and you're like, oh my God, Gosh, they faked the moon landing. And you look at another one, you're like, oh my gosh, they're wackos. There's no way they faked the moon landing. Let's assume for a minute that they did. That they did fake this moon landing for whatever reason. They didn't have the technology. We just wanted to give the perception that we beat the Russians to, to you know, maintain our image of superiority during the Cold War. Or maybe we really couldn't escape Earth. People talk about the firmament. People, the flat earthers, talk about the dome. But you go back and there's something to this. I don't think the Earth is flat. But it does seem that there was some kind of energy field or barrier. I wish This is off the top of my head based on stuff I've read. I wish I would have tied in the pool um, my sources on this. But it's out there. Um, uh, Michael Tassarian talks about it. I know David Icke has touched on it. Uh, I believe Robert Morning Sky as well. Basically the way the story goes and this ties into the ancient history stuff that I was talking about in the beginning of this podcast is that uh, a race came from space running from reptilians, I guess. And they, this is, I believe, Robert Morning Sky's version of it. They landed on Earth but placed a false signal on Tiamat, which was another planet in our solar system and this race that was pursuing this civilization that was fleeing them found the false signal on Tiamat and destroyed Tiamat. Now, some say Tiamat was destroyed uh, by just some kind of weapon. And then Tiamat may have become the earth or become the moon. According to this story that I'm telling right now, Tiamat was destroyed. It was a water-based planet. The water then fell to earth, which accounted for the great flood that they talk about in Genesis and many other uh, ancient texts. So this race was there. They survived. Uh, and the other pursuing race, they left. They had to leave for whatever reason. And look for Robert Morning's guys I'll, I'll have it somewhere. It's, it's like a four-hour lecture that he does talking about this story. Really fascinating. But to make sure that they got everybody, because the, the pursuers, Robert Morning Sky says, is that to make sure that they, they, they got who they were after, they created some kind of elect, electronic uh, or etheric web, some kind of force field around the earth that prevented them from leaving the planet. Now, what other researchers have touched on with this, maybe it's Michael Tessarian, I can't remember now, that this ancient race became Atlantis. Atlantis created a slave race, which was mankind. They left because they said, hey, we don't want to be slaves. And they went to and founded their own continent and they became Lemuria or Mu, Atlantis created another race, which was which was actually mankind, I'm sorry, and the Lemurians then came, which is the story of the Bible, um, as the serpent and brought knowledge to Adam and Eve and liberated them. I'm, I'm really paraphrasing here, you know, but this is the, uh, you know, the alleged ancient history that's been forgotten. So then they freed these people. Um, so some of them left, some of them stayed, and then They had a war between Lemuria and Atlantis and something happened and then that was the great cataclysm that wiped everything out. Um, Of course, there's other natural accounts through the work of Graham Hancock as well. Could be a combination of everything anyway. Then the survivors of that knew, hey, we lost this battle. Everything got destroyed again. We still have this barrier this force field, we need to escape. We need to get off of planet earth. So they've been gradually reintroducing technology because they knew they had to build up the industry of earth in order to get to a point where they could escape this force field. Now, if we notice the Schumann resonance of earth is changing, the magnetic poles are shifting. This may just be a natural occurrence But all of a sudden now we have disclosure, partial disclosure, at least acknowledgement that UFOs are real. And now all of a sudden we have this push to go out and beyond into space where before we weren't during the Cold War, it was let's go to the moon and then we stopped there. Now, we know that the Nazis were trying to find this lost technology. Hitler was very interested in that, and the story goes they went to you know uh, Antarctica and found, if you look at the Admiral Byrd um, story, they found either the Inner Earth or some other alien civilization, and it was Operation High Jump, where we basically got our asses kicked fighting against Nazis with some advanced weaponry, possibly alien, possibly Inner Earth civilizations. My point in sharing that story, I hope I wasn't too boring or all over the place with it, but my point in sharing that story is what if that force field that was around us is now gone? Which means now people are able to better come and go. That thread does tie into a lot of different things that are out there. This, for, this force field, the firmament, the flat earth, the Bible... Uh, You know, the UFO stuff today. What if that's why we're making that big push to escape? Or not we, but the government is doing that. They've been aware that maybe that's the big cover-up, is that we're trapped here. Our government has been infiltrated by whoever these beings are. People are being abducted. The secret government that was created is duplicating this technology. Or well, who knows? Maybe this secret government is the—that's the, the cover—and it's not a secret government, but it's the penetration of our own government, and they're posing as humans. I know it's sounding really crazy right now. My head's spinning a little bit. Are you still with me, my friends? I—I don't know what the truth is, but there's more to this story, and that's why when we get to when we get to this uh, discussion here from Tucker Carlson, I have some frustrations with it. I'm going to play a little bit of it for you right now. Uh, so you can hear some of what he said here we go
0: UFOs have captivated the public interest for decades but they've always been dismissed including by me as the province of wackos but that is changing thanks to some remarkable videotape and first-hand accounts from very sober people who are trained to identify aircraft
2: my first problem with this is number one he said he admits He referred to people like me, like many of you out there listening to this, as wackos. He was part of that discrediting campaign. Listen to the weight of that, though. This is a man that dismissed us, that caught us crazies, that caught us wackos, doesn't apologize for it, but all of a sudden now he's saying, oh, this is real. And then at the other hand... He says the Pentagon's. He, he supports what Elizondo's saying. He just accepts it without arguing about it. The first question he should be asking is, for every person that has had an experience, that has claimed to have seen a UFO, that has claimed to have encountered a being, are they right? Can I get them on my show and let's explore this now? You want to run with this, buddy. You want to cover this story. You really want to get into this story Get in touch with a contactee, somebody who says they've been abducted. Get Whitley Strieber on your show. Or is that too uncomfortable for you? That doesn't automatically mean that everything is aliens, that everything is true. But it vindicates so many people who had the courage during the 80s to stand up and say something's happening to us and you're not listening. People like you, Mr. Tucker Carlson are the reason why these people had so many issues and so much difficulty coping. It's the reason why there's this cycle of deception, why I don't know what the hell is going on. I don't know what to trust because you labeled people as a wacko, buddy. And now you're saying, well, people, credible people, sober people, expert people trained to identify these craft Because they now say there's UFOs, it must be true. Well, guess what? We've had those people for a very long time saying this was real. So what has changed? That's my question to you. What has changed that now makes it okay? I think there's something else going on. I think this man is still reading from the script I'm sorry if I sound heated. I am. Let's play a little bit more of
0: this interview. And that would include this video. which shows two Navy pilots encountering something bizarre off the east coast of the United States. Watch this.
1: 20,
0: target? No, I took an auto track. Oh, uh, okay. Oh my gosh, dude. Okay, these are guys who fly for a living, who know what other airplanes look like, including those maintained by foreign governments, and they're totally shocked by this. This is one among many incidents like it, including many that have happened in the middle of the day to sober people, lots of independent witnesses at the same event, commercial pilots, military pilots, O'Hare Airport in the afternoon none of them have obvious explanations these are aircraft apparently that are moving in ways that appear to violate physics that are flying very differently from any aircraft ever observed and way faster than any plane that we know any foreign country has what is this
2: this just makes me think of the phoenix lights we had so many witnesses out there where was tucker carlson on that interview there
0: i'm just wondering because now it's okay again I digress, let's keep going. Well, we don't know, because for some reason the Defense Department is not interested in finding out. Uh, Lou Elizondo is a former Pentagon official. He helped research UFOs. He said the DOD is not taking any of this seriously for some reason. Mr. Elizondo joins us tonight. Lou, good to see you. Thank you for having me. So did I overstate that? Is there a growing corpus of evidence, not drunk people on a lonely rural road at three in the morning, but sober military pilots saying something that we can't explain is happening?
2: Again, he's still taking his digs. He's still trying to discredit the previous witnesses. Are you listening to that right there? Not drunk people on the road at 3 a.m. in the middle of the night. If you've done your homework, buddy, these aren't drunk people on the road in the middle of the night. You're discrediting every average citizen who had the courage to say something strange happened to me. I'll say it. Something strange happened to me. Many times in my life that I can't explain. That's why I do this show. So I'm still frustrated with this presentation here because he's saying, well, because now they're military pilots. Well, again, have you talked to the witnesses that Stephen Greer has brought forth? You have not. Have you talked to Colonel Corso? I don't, or have you read his book? Excuse me. You have not, sir.
0: So we know that they're not U.S. military because they wouldn't be flying near US military aircraft as they so often have. And it seems like we would know if foreign countries had that technology. Look, I have no idea what it is. The bottom line is this is a potential threat, a grave one to our country.
1: What is DOD doing about it? Well, I can't speak on behalf of DOD right now, because I'm no longer employed as a Department of Defense employee, uh, but I can speak to what they were doing about it and what they weren't doing about it when I was part of the program. Um, I think DOD um, is, a, is, a, is a very large, complex organization. Um, I think it's very good at what it normally does. But in this particular case, we had a very ill-defined problem set. And so when you're going to the boss and you say, look, boss, uh, we have we have something here. We don't know what it is. We sure don't know how it works. And by the way, there's nothing we can do about it. That is a very difficult conversation to have in an organization that is its the sole mission is national security, it's right? It's
0: just, I think it's just, I think it's terrifying. I mean, this seems potentially like one of the biggest stories of my lifetime. And I don't care if it's about UFOs or whatever you call it. Something that we don't understand is getting very close to our military aircraft, and the government isn't responding adequately. And I hope you keep sounding the alarm on this.
1: Yeah, I, I think, if I may, just very quickly.
0: We've got you know, 10 seconds.
1: Okay. Uh, you go to the metro, you see a sign, see something, say something, and we get we get an attaboy for reporting it. In this particular case, these pilots who are seeing something and is backed up by other data, it's nothing. It's terrifying.
0: That's, that's the essence of dysfunction. Lou, thank you for that. I hope. Yes. You-
2: All right, my friends, I'm beyond frustrated with this interview and this discussion here uh, because, number one, nothing in there indicated that these craft were a threat. But Tucker right away said these things are a potential threat. Why? Because we don't know what they are. Obviously, they've been here for a long time, buddy. Maybe they are a threat. We don't know yet. And you need to make that quite clear. They haven't. As far as has been released, they have not engaged us or demonstrated anything hostile other than making their presence known or just being in our vicinity. And I understand the military mindset. You have to assume it's a threat. And there's nothing wrong with having a plan for what if these are in fact a threat. But what he's doing here is dangerous. What Tucker is doing with this way, this interview was structured. He is planting the seed in people's minds that these craft are a threat, and that the government is doing nothing about it. Now, Elizondo said something interesting here. He says, normally, you know, in in the military, you're trained if you see it, uh, if you hear it, whatever, if you observe something, you report it, and you get your attaboy for reporting that intelligence up up the chain. He says, but in this case, the information gets reported and nothing gets reported back. That doesn't mean the government isn't doing anything about it. There's times when you get information and you get a small piece of it, but if you have the bigger picture, yes, you're going to use that intelligence for whatever it is, whatever operation you are currently read on to, but you're not necessarily going to give that feedback back. Okay, what What is it? Lack of evidence is not evidence I'm sorry, absence of evidence is not evidence of absence. That's something we need to keep in mind. Just because we don't see them doing anything doesn't mean they aren't doing anything, doesn't mean they don't have knowledge of this. And I'm not saying that's a good thing. But I'm, I'm the To The Stars Academy and Elizondo are rapidly losing credibility with me because they're failing to address these things publicly. They're failing to have these discussions, these open forums... To, to put this out there. Tom DeLonge said it. I've read all the same books as you guys. I'm the same as you guys. I'm just like you. When somebody tells me they're just like me. In my opinion you're trying to act just like me. But you we probably have nothing in common. To me that's the, the, the talk of somebody trying to sell something. I don't. Trust it, especially now after this interview, and I know I'm coming off strongly. I know I'm coming off harsh, and you know what? If they turn around and address these issues and the answers are satisfactory, then then fantastic. I, I'm not saying I'll apologize because these are things that should have been addressed from the beginning. I think the presentation uh, could be a lot better. But we, we should be demanding more from them before we just say, oh, this is great. They're acknowledged. no, I think we're being lied to. I think we're being set up. The other piece I want to point out is Elizondo said, you know, when he presents, when you present this information to one of your bosses, you say, hey, here's these craft, here's what they're doing. Uh, we don't know what they are. We don't know how they do what they do. He says, the military doesn't like that. They don't know how to handle that. I don't buy the fact that just because you present a difficult problem to people who are trained warfighters, the the best in the world, they're going to suddenly just say, well, since we don't know what to do with it, we're just not going to talk about it. That's not the military that I know. That's not how I was trained. Let's figure this out. So his whole argument just doesn't make any sense to me. And for a guy who's a career counterintelligence guy, to make that statement and and accept that I, he doesn't know what he's talking about or he's lying because as a counterintelligence agent he should know better he's sh- he's sitting there saying claiming that he's some kind of whistleblower he's sounding the alarm i don't buy it dude i don't buy that he's sounding some alarm Maybe he believes he's sounding some alarm, but if he's sounding some alarm, why is DOD sanctioning him coming out, releasing this information that was once classified? Yet Edward Snowden is, you know, the most wanted man in the world for, sharing, for for sounding the alarm, for being a whistleblower. Why is he okay to blow this whistle? Why did he get approval? And he did, he went through the proper channels to get this stuff declassified. It's an op, dude. It's an op. He's lying to us or he's being manipulated and we're all being misled through this great thing. And it's not, wow, they showed us a couple of videos. We've had that and we've had more of that. The only thing that's exciting about this is the fact that we have somewhat of an ag- official acknowledgement through the Department of Defense. And even that I think is still kind of weak. My frustration going back, the questions they should be asking at the Two The Stars Academy they should be pulling out these old cases. A good journalist should be pulling out these old stories and acknowledging them and tracking down. You want to you you only want to deal with you know people with uh, credibility, military witnesses. Go talk to the former prime minister of Canada who who uh, was part of the disclosure project. Go talk to the expert military and police witnesses who testified. Uh, you know back in was two thousand one two thousand two. Uh, as a part of the Disclosure Project and, and the work that Stephen Greer has done. and Contact Stephen Greer with some of his sources and, and let's have this discussion because Stephen Greer says they're all good and there's an evil government and Elizondo says, well, I think they're a threat, but the government's really kind of dopey and clueless. It doesn't add up. Why don't we get these guys together and have this? Am, am I the only one that's seeing this? I'm really on a ramp, you guys. I, I'm, I'm sorry, but... I think this is one of the biggest stories, and I think it ties into so many things that are going on. But I think this story is going to continue to get bigger and used against us. Now, again, Bill Cooper, he warned us. Uh, you know, he's he's a veteran, and and he, you know, say what you will about the man, but he he was spot on about a lot of things. And he said that you know, first he he told the story that there was a, an alien uh, that was recovered, you know, through the Roswell crash and then all this stuff. Uh, and that we were in contact with them but then he he goes on to talk about Project Bluebeam, how the united the the government, this secret government, is going to stage an alien invasion to get people afraid to then take away even more rights. And that's going to be the common enemy, as Ronald Reagan said, that's going to unite all of us. and we're going to willfully say, okay, you know what? We'll go live in this internment camp because it's safer there from the scary aliens. And that's what Dr. Greer is talking about, how they they have the technology to stage an invasion. And that is highly possible. It's possible that they're, they're both right. Maybe there's this unknown civilization that's out there interacting with us and maybe we have this secret government that Dr. Greer's people are talking about uh, as well. It, it, it sounds like it's a combination of things. I know I'm giving you a lot to think about and I know I'm talking really, really fast um, just as these ideas are coming to me. I want I want to take a step back. Let me slow down for a minute. I want to quote... Graham Hancock, who's actually quoting Jacques Vallee. Uh, And this is his book, Supernatural Meetings with the Ancient Teachers of Mankind. I've referenced this book before just to give you an idea of how old this stuff is. Now, the beginning of Hancock's book, let me tell you, what I love about Graham is he takes archaeological information that I think would normally bore me to tears. And he meticulously dissects the descriptions of these cave art some of the oldest known paintings on walls and you're like why is he telling me about these drawings of these beings holding spears that goes back thousands and thousands of years and then he later connects it to well these beings holding spears are common experiences among shaman who are you know, dismembered and poked and prodded when they become a shaman. It's a common thing when you when you have that call. You encounter these uh, spiritual beings in the other realms, and they do all sorts of poking and prodding and experimenting because they have to rebuild you. They have to remake you as a shaman to give you the tools that you need. Fast forward to modern day, people have these alien abductions and they have all these surgeries done for them. He talked about shamans having magical stones put within them. You have modern day abduction accounts talking about having surgical implants put within them, and now they have psychic abilities. Whitley Strieber, I want to talk about today uh, in, in his most recent art, one of his most recent uh, articles in his journal, said that in his in own implant that they tried to remove, but they could not. He says he's so glad the implant wasn't removed because he's realized the implant is a communication device. The man is a modern day shaman. He's communicating with, as he calls them, the visitors. The shamans communicate with the spirits on the other side. Graham Hancock goes through and, and explains all of this. This is old. This information is known For some reason, it's been covered up and discredited. In his book on page 176, The Supernatural, Graham writes, as he's quoting Vali, he says, "...the modern global belief in flying saucers and their occupants," wrote Vali, quote, "...is identical to the earlier belief in the fairy faith. The entities described as the pilots of the craft are indistinguishable from the elves, sliffs, and luthans of the Middle Ages." Through the observations of unidentified flying objects, we are concerned with an agency of our ancestors well knew our ancestors knew well and regarded with terror. We are prying into the affairs of the secret commonwealth. On page 177, he he continues: under Fairy Knolls and Sky Ships, Belize dark hint about prying into the affairs of the Secret Commonwealth derived from the title of a book, The Secret Commonwealth of the Elves, Fawns, and Fairies, published in 1691 by the Reverend Robert Kirk, a church minister of Aberfoyle in Scotland. Like a powerful shaman, Kirk was rumored to possess the second sight, i.e. clairvoyance and other psychic abilities. By means of this gift, he claimed that he regularly encountered the small, unpredictable, often dangerous supernaturals Given many different names by many different cultures in many different epochs, that have been ch- that have been classed for about a thousand years throughout the Celtic fringe of Western Europe under the broad rubric of fairies, fae, fada, fairy, etc., etc. Based on his direct and powerfully felt experiences, Kirk described these fairy tribes as distinct order of created beings possessing human-like intelligence and supernatural powers who live and move about in this world invisible to all save men and women of the second sight. This is much older than this recent ex- exploration of it, you mean to tell me that the United States government, one of the best militaries and top minds in the world, is so ignorant and arrogant that they don't have this information that these craft have been about for so long, yet they decided to stick their heads in the sand because it doesn't pose a threat to national security. Luis Elizondo, you are peddling the same disinformation that the government has been peddling for a long time, except now you're giving us the guise of Disclosure And you're controlling the narrative, that's my concern. And I guess that's how I really feel because I didn't plan to get that heated with this, my friends, but that's how I feel about this. The information is there, it has been there for a long time. And now the mainstream wants your attention when they've laughed at us for a very long time over this. I don't need the mainstream. I've got my own sources. I've got my own research. I have all of you out there who know better. We don't have the answers, but we at least have the right questions. And that's our starting point, my friends. And that's what we will continue to do on this show and at Six Sense Media. I promise you that. If you have something to add, please reach out, get in touch. I'd love to hear it. Let me calm myself down now. My heart is racing over this. Whitley Strieber and his website, Unknown Country. I've always admired the man because here's a guy who was brutally honest about his experiences with these beings and what they did to him. They poked him. They prodded him. They scared him. And he had the courage to say, "They, they used a rectal probe on me. And that's what people like Tucker Carlson focused on. That's what they took out of this powerful testimony by Whitley Strieber when he published Communion. Out of everything that he said, they come back with, oh, aliens anal probe you. And Whitley says it now. He says, it took me decades to be able to admit that I was raped by these beings, He shared this raw story. And people that had the common experience, it resonated with them. Many other people chose to laugh at at Whitley. He has such a powerful writing in his journal. It's called Unknown Country and Politics. He put it out on March 12th. And he's explaining his stance on... You know, the political stance and, the, and, and why he has unknown country. Um, he has four bullet points that are really important. Things that are important to worry at to focus on. I want you to read this whole article. I'm not, but I'm going to read some of his bullet points. He says, he says, in terms of human life, they have found four areas of interest. The first is that people become aware that they have souls and that their souls are why they are here. The second is that we have as much freedom as possible so that we can live as deeply and richly as possible. The third is that we be good stewards of our planet so that we can continue to survive. This means that we must respect the needs of nature as well as our own and balance the two. The fourth is that we help one another. And he goes through to explain what each one of these means and it's such a beautifully written piece by Whitley. Those are the things that we forget about. Number one, that we do have freedom, but freedom also means we need to respect the freedoms of those around us, not just people who look and act like us. There's other life on this planet, the animal life on this planet. We have severely restricted their freedoms. The fact that we have a soul, I don't know what a soul is, but I do talk a lot about our spiritual connection. We need to, we need to enhance that. We need to get better in touch with our inner selves because there's a wealth of knowledge that we can gain from that. And being good stewards of this planet, we need to take care of this planet. Whatever your thoughts are on climate change, and and let me tell you, I've been looking at suspicious observers stuff. It's happening. There is change going on. Whether you believe that or not, though, what's the harm in doing better in taking care of this planet and no longer contributing to the waste, the constant waste and destruction of it? And lastly, what's the harm in helping one another? What harm can come out of trying to assist each other instead of hurting one another or, or putting people down? I see it in school all the time. My students ridicule one another. Somebody does well, they make ah, he, he just did well because he paid attention that one day. Yeah, that's exactly why he did well. Why are you going to make fun of him for it? Instead say, hey, can you help me? How can I do as well as you? We, we have this defense within us To bring other people down when we see vulnerability because I think sometimes we see vulnerabilities and it reflects our own vulnerabilities and that makes us afraid. Put that vulnerability out there and it becomes less scary. By me doing this show, by me saying, hey, here's what I have experienced. I don't know what it is, but I believe that there's something else going on. That was very scary for me. And since doing that, had I not had the courage to do that, I never would have connected with my friend Ray Davis. We never would have created Sixth Sense Media if I hadn't faced that fear that I had and said, you know what, I'm afraid of this, but I want to know more about it and connect it with Ray, who's had the courage to do the same thing, to say, hey, I don't know, I, I, this, there's more to this and it's, I'm, I'm going to be okay putting it out there that, hey, I'm interested in the Anunnaki and I'm going to write books about the Anunnaki and talk about the fact that the history that we've been taught, there may be more to that story. And he braves the potential ridicule, which Ray doesn't really get much of because of his way with words and his way with people. But he had the courage to, to go out there and put it out there because he's such a positive guy. Have that courage, my friends. If you have that question, if you have that doubt, it's okay. It's okay to have those feelings. We need to pursue them. You have them for a reason. In my opinion, those feelings and those doubts you have is your intuitive inner voice screaming at you to ask that question, to face that fear. Listening to Tom Campbell in one of his chats, he talked about, and I think I mentioned this in another show, when you're starting with the out-of-body travel and you're exploring other realities, this system that we live in, if this is in fact a virtual reality as he describes it, it gives you tests and those tests are fear based and the fear is what's going to stop you from going when you start to have an out of body experience your body vibrates and shakes and a lot of people think that they're dying if you can calm yourself you realize you're not dying you're about to enter a whole other realm with infinite possibilities we need to stop letting fear control us i did another show on that recently i'm not going to go down that path again we need to do better my friends I say that all the time. We need to do better. Let me scale it back. Drawing to the end of the show here. Uh, I just want to update. I've still, I'm still working on the uh, hands-on healing technique that I was uh, that I talked about a couple weeks ago or uh, a couple shows ago. Uh, the book is by. I have the audio book right here, so you can look it up yourself. It's Hands-On Healing, a Training Course in the Energy Cure by William Bankston, Ph.D. Uh, I'm working on it. I'm going through the uh, you know part of the image cycling that he talks about in his book to, to help bring about these healing processes that he's showing have been known to cure cancer. I'm enjoying it. Uh, I haven't done been able to get every morning into the meditation, but I've, uh, most mornings this week I've gotten a session in where I'm able to, to focus on this and do it. Uh, so I will keep you updated on my progress of that. Uh, as I'm as I'm learning this new technique, which I'm excited about. I'm exhausted, guys. I think that show took a lot out of me. So <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and uh, and end the show here. I want to direct you to sixcentsmedia.net. Again, please, uh, if you're a content creator, we want you to join our team. There's a lot of good things coming up on the horizon. Um, some great articles there. I'm just going to read the, the titles of these articles by Ray. Target Mars, talking about, obviously, how we're Looking to move towards Mars. Don't be victimized by your victimhood. Who were you before you were you? Great article there. Uh, Ray has an article there called Russian Double Agent Poisoning Case. Shouldn't the past teach us to wait for proof? Absolutely. Uh, I've talked quite a bit about the Cold War. Ray does a great job in this article there. I want you to check it out. Successmedia.net. I can't give enough plugs or commercials for it. Uh, you're really going to enjoy the content that's there. You can also find The Secret Podcast there. And again, click the Help Wanted tab if you want to join our team. Uh, We'd love to have you. It'll walk you through what you need to do to sign up, and we'll get in touch with you. That's all the time I have, my friends. Uh, I hope this wasn't too over the top for you, but uh, I let my emotions run raw when I do this show, and this is really, I think, how I'm feeling about a lot of this stuff that's coming out. Be mindful. Keep questioning. Uh, Just thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for continuing to listen and support the show. I'm Dennis Nappy II. This has been another episode of The Secret Podcast, where small changes among the masses can have a massive impact around the world. I encourage you to be that change. Never stop questioning. And keep open mind. Thank you. Thank <laughs>
1: you.